Hello and welcome to D2C Podcast, I'm Eric Dick. Today we're clashing swords with Mini Katana's founder, Isaac Medeiros, who in just under two years has built a global media empire on TikTok and YouTube with millions of subscribers and hundreds of millions of monthly views. Oh yeah, he's also approaching eight figures in high margin revenue selling real swords to his rapidly growing global audience without spending a penny on ads. Listen to The Way of the Samurai and you'll learn why being banned from advertising on all platforms led Isaac into content where his second video drove one sale on a thousand views and why this formula is the basis for all his success going forward, why YouTube Shorts represents an asymmetrical opportunity for content creators and how global expansion on that format is paving the way for Mini Katana to hit its first billion view month. You'll learn about Mr. Beast, Red Bull, and why Isaac sees Mini Katana as a global media company first, with e-commerce as a distant second focus. I really enjoyed this one and see it as a timely reminder that owning your audience's attention is the most critical piece of the puzzle in 2023 and beyond. On with the show. The strategy we use is basically like really good content. <laughs> like that's like people overthink this. If you make things people want to watch, YouTube will push it. That's it. If your stuff's not getting pushed out, it's because you're making bad content. I don't think people always want to hear that, but that's the truth. Right from the first touch point with the customer, we're building like unimaginable affinity. It would take like an e-commerce brand 10 touch points to match us on like Facebook ads or whatever. We're doing it with the first touch point because like we make them laugh. We're not selling them something. We're making them laugh. We're like making them go, huh, this is interesting. I look at things and I think like the traditional method of DTC is going to die out or like become just so expensive new brands can't do it anymore. I think it's a survival thing. Either you have content in-house or you're dead. Are you ready to grow your audience and revenue? Send in Blue is a multi-channel marketing platform that empowers businesses to create stronger customer relationships. Create personalized emails, captivating SMS campaigns, chat, custom landing pages, quick sign-up forms, automated workflows, and more instantly. Curious to learn more? Sign up today at sendinblue.com forward slash DTC and enter promo code DTC to get one month free on a premium plan. Do it all with Sendinblue. Isaac, welcome to the DTC podcast. I'm thrilled to have you here. Tell me about why you started Mini Katana. So the story goes, I was in a little Tokyo, LA, and I found this little uh, cute samurai themed letter opener and I paid like 50 bucks for it, which is quite a bit. But you know, I knew I, I took it home. I was really excited about it and it kind of just fell apart after a few days. But I knew there was a market for this because I spent so much money on this little thing. So I proceeded to kind of, I didn't know anything about manufacturing, but I, I figured it out, uh, maxed out my credit cards and I had a product, a better version of that letter opener. And at first I tried Facebook ads and unfortunately Facebook basically banned us even though our ROAS was like three. It was working. Like that's how I know the product market fit was so great, right? Even the mini ones. Yeah, yeah, they 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 said that's a weapon. Um and you can't convince them otherwise. You know, I didn't have an agency account, no con- point of contact. And so I, I had all this inventory sitting around and I had credit card debt and I was like, okay. <laughs> You know, there's no choice but to uh, forward, right? Forward onto Dawn. Uh, and I started doing everything I could think of. I did uh, Snapchat ads, which Snapchat was a little more desperate for marketing dollars, I guess, that didn't bet me. 
Uh, and then I ended up trying a few organic ones. Uh, the one that ended up working was TikTok. Um, and I had been a light TikTok user throughout the pandemic. My girlfriend was a heavy user. And I kind of knew that, you know, maybe if I posted a video, people would see it. The first video didn't really lead to um, anything. It's just I got a few thousand views. But the second video got a few thousand views and a sale. And that's kind of all I needed. Everything I do is just an extreme version of that for sale and first few thousand views now. Even just to get a thousand views on your first brand video is pretty good. And then to get, yeah, to get that sale for free off of your second video, it's been onwards and upwards from there. What's your biggest video had at this point? I think we have like a hundred million views on a video or something. <laughs> that's insane. And what makes them, the, what, what videos are the ones that, that do the best? Uh, usually like more stunty stuff that's like stuff of swords. But, you know, we also have educational videos that perform really well. Those get 20, 10, 5 million views. Um, we kind of have like certain formats that we know will always get a lot of views that we rely on. Interesting that you like right off the beginning, there's like the magic of a katana. Like everyone just has this idea of these like the steel that had to had to be folded a hundred times and the precision. And so that's like it has this like value built into it in a way, like the way of the samurai is like built into it. And you recognize that early on with your $50 letter opener. What's your price point on your uh, mini katanas now? Uh, still around that price point. Our biggest win was actually selling bigger stuff, which everyone kept asking for over and over again. That kicked up our AOV to like 107 now we actually, we mostly sell the bigger stuff. I was going to ask what your, uh, what your price breakdown was. Well, talk about your growth. Like how, you know, you made your, that first sale on your first thousand TikTok views. How has growth been since then? So um, first it was just TikTok and it was a very proportional relationship, right? Product, me making videos, get sales, pack the orders, do customer support. I remember in your like apartment, last year, I was looking at your videos. This yeah, is in your apartment the, to start, right? The little shoebox apartment, yeah. So and these are not the me. easiest products. They're probably heavy when you have a lot of them. No, it's not. No, I had to get a storage unit. It was just a hustle. Yeah. Um, we've all been there. But I made it work, and you know, I worked 12 hours, 10 hours a day, whatever it took. And then my first hire was, you know, classic first hire, I think, is the CS person. Because you get that off your hand. And after that was the packing person. But it, it was pretty crazy. So, like, right off the bat, I got really good at the video thing fast because it's such a, you know, like you post a good video and you get feedback almost immediately from TikTok. So like it's a fast iterative process, very, very fast. As, as long as you're willing to get really good at it and really focus on it, you'll get good fast, right? But I kind of like on the product side, like I would just sell out and I had nothing. And that's always been my biggest issue. We, we still suffer from sellouts this year even now. Like we're way better at video than we are at like making sure we have enough product. But yeah, so I sold small stuff until October of last year when I pre-sold my first big thing. We did like 70K in pre-orders. I used that to finance, you know, actually buying the stuff. And then like I used pre-orders a lot after that to really kind of hack my way to getting bigger quantities of inventory in-house. And then, yeah, this year has been the year of just like launching a lot of big variants. And then you, you sell, uh, to be clear, you sell replicas, but you also sell deadly weapons. You sell like sharps as well, right? Yeah. So like we do stuff that's just for display, but also like sharp stuff. Can, can you do one where you drop a silk scarf and it, it cuts itself on the blade? Is that real? I saw that in the bodyguard one time. I don't think, that, I don't think you can do that. No, it's, uh, <laughs> the material isn't quite. Uh, I think we did a video on that actually. Oh, nice. Or one of my creators did a video on that. Yeah. 
Very cool. So you went from mini, you went from mini to like, what was the biggest hiccup going from mini katanas to large katanas? It was just figuring out how to make them. Yeah. Honestly, it's such a, like, that's why we have supply constraints even today. It's just such a pain to make the product. But it paid off because basically like nobody can copy us. You know, it's, there's this, this large barrier to entry, which is you can't do ad spend. And then after that, it's like, how do I even make the stuff um, and make it well, right? Like, we're, we're really good at what we do. You know, one, a few things that we figured out how to do really well are like, uh, you know, how to make swords colorful and not have them suck and not have like the, the, the colors chip off. Um, doesn't seem obvious that that would be very difficult, but it is. It's metal. Oh, yeah, manufacturing was like a big win for us. Um, but again, like we're way better at the video than manufacturing. Um, th- the way I describe ourselves to people is like we're a media lifestyle brand. That happens to have this backbone of selling, you know, lots and lots of swords. Yeah, yeah. But like right now we're at like 200 to 300 million views a month consistently. We think like with our pretty aggressive expansion of our content channels next year, that's going to get to like a billion a month. And that's organic. So like full stop or media lifestyle. Like we've already done tests with accessories and small apparel tests and we can sell basically anything. Um, the swords just got us, helped subsidize our machine to get this big. But now that it's this big, we can kind of do anything we want. Like Mr. Beast style. It's like reverse Mr. Beast. I don't I don't know for Mr. Beast. Um, he's incredible. But uh, I mean, I think we have more similarities to Mr. Beast than most e-commerce brands. At the end of the day, like what it comes down to is I, I, I look at things and I think like the traditional method of DTC is going to die out or like become just so expensive new brands can't do it anymore. I think it's a survival thing. Like either you have content in house or you're dead eventually. I would say so. I was just, I was just writing a little uh, thought leadership piece for a publication that asked for it. And uh, it was just all about like owning your audience's attention is the biggest thing. And it's funny. It's what Pilot House did with D2C. They started this company inside to, to start content, newsletters and podcasts around the topic. And now it's helped fuel their agency to such crazy heights. And I feel like it's something every brand needs to think about is like, how are you going to create a distribution channel via media to your audience that you don't have to constantly acquire them all the time or even email them? For us internally, our three most important metrics in this order are sub growth every month, uh, views every month, and then sales. Like so, like the e-commerce side of the business is actually lower priority than the media side of the business. And what that lets us do is really optimize for the media. Like, what's incredible is our view count, but what's even more incredible is our sub growth count, especially on YouTube. I think like in a thirty-day period, we have like two hundred thousand, two hundred fifty thousand new subs. So like that's what we really focus on, just making sure people really love the content. Where is the subscriber base here? Is this mostly U.S.? Is this global? It's it's very global. So like next year again, like lifestyle brand expansion, but also international expansion will probably three X or size by itself. Because you're not selling globally right now, right? Not really. That's crazy. And but you're but you have this huge untapped audience that might buy if you were able to fulfill globally. I mean, they buy, it just yeah. like costs $200 to get a sword to Europe. And the sword costs like under $200. So they're paying a total of like $400 for the dang thing. So we know like it works. Unreal. So, so, so after TikTok, you know, moved heavily onto YouTube, I was watching some of your videos. They're so, you can tell how much thought goes into them, how much they, they're attuned to your audience with the edits and with the, the, fu- the really fun elements to them. That must have been a fun process, like building out that sort of language for how you're going to make videos. Yeah. I mean, so 
up until January of this year, I actually shot all the content myself. Like I did everything by myself. Uh, that was the first big like change. It was like finally finding a content creator I could mentor to replace myself. I mean, every business owner goes through the same thing, right? Replacing yourself and your core functions let you to grow. After that, it was like a matter of like maximizing our content's use. And I knew YouTube was going to be like the big frontier. So I actually waited a long time to fully launch on YouTube. Yeah, I mostly talk to people that use these things as an extension of their e-commerce business, not the other way around. You have the cherry on top of it being ad supported as well. Like what does, what does ad revenue on these platforms look like? Our um, view count is very short heavy, so not a lot. I'm talking like $10,000 a month, maybe. Yeah. Um, but YouTube did announce their February shorts revenue split update for next year. I think it'll be over, well over 50 grand a month. I'm not sure. Based on that size, that's unreal. And I just saw that you tweeted about shorts making a deal or Google making a, a deal that, that shorts are going to start being on TV. Yeah, I, I just thought that was really cool. You know, like the thing that is so powerful about YouTube versus like TikTok is like YouTube is just bigger. Like it's just plainly, plainly spoken. Um, people are going to watch you on their television, on their computer, on their phone. TikTok, you're really just segregating yourself to one demographic and one audience. Whereas YouTube is global and it's like across every device. So I imagine your videos are not very sales heavy. Like how do you balance the sales message with the content? Message? Do you have any sales messages in your in your videos? We like say there's not a lot of this or like, you know, we push like scarcity, which is very true. But like our methodology is very much entertain first, own the attention, and the sales will come. Amazing. And I understand you're, you've been investing recently in the email side of your business. Can you talk a little bit about your uh, email kung fu? Oh, yeah. Um, so for the longest time, we had this email list with like a wheelio pop-up on our website with a 20% opt-in rate. Like it's gotten pretty big. It's at 400,000 or something. And like it, we never segment. We just like did full sends all this time with like a nearly, it's like 45% average open rate or something. And we didn't really realize how good that was until we started talking to other people. And then we started, like, once we started taking email seriously, like, it's not 30% of our revenue. Uh, this happened in the last 60 days or so. And I saw your what open rates like 70 some odd percent. That was on one cent. But what's happening yeah. is because the, the form of um, attention capture that we're using or, you know, our distribution is so effective and so entertaining, right from the first touch point with the customer, we're building like unimaginable affinity. Like it would take like an e-commerce brand, probably like 10 touch points to match us on like Facebook ads or whatever. We're doing it with the first touch point because like we make them laugh. We're not selling them something. We're making them laugh. Entertaining them. We're like making them go, huh, this is interesting. Yeah. We're making them rewatch the content, subscribe, feel attached to us. So right from the get-go, everyone wants to hear from us. So when they're on our email list, that's why the email list open rate is so high. How do you get them onto your email list? What's your best tactic for that? Just asking for it in your email for your video footers? It, it's the wheel thing. It's the, it's the pop-up on the website. Just straight up. <laughs> I tried other things and that's like 20% opt-in on all traffic. I don't, yeah. Very cool. We've run giveaways. Yeah, yeah how'd so, giveaways go? Uh, I think the highest, the most successful one was like 25K entries, individual entries. Are you are you blocked from influencers as well, or can you could you use a more traditional influencer approach? You could organically if you wanted. We have an influencer program, to be clear. Um, yeah, it does about it fluctuates. It does about fifty to a hundred k a month, um, but it's more for content. It's not really for sales. And are these sword influencers or or more like anime influencers? Like what like what is it? Weebos. 
I mean, we have sort of influencers if that's a very rare thing, but it's mostly just people we think like there's a lot of parallel audiences like gamers. Yeah. Um, we call it like the, the kind of the circle of manliness, which is just like all the hobbies dudes like. Yeah. Um, gaming, sports, you know, automotive. Um, like part of our content plans actually are like we're working on a gaming channel right now. And next year we're launching Mini Katana Gaming, which is just going to be gaming content. And we're going to be launching gaming accessories. And then eventually, like, I know that launching Mini Katana Automotive will also work. Unreal. And so is that Twitch you're talking about? No, it's like, it's YouTube. Everything's YouTube primarily. Everything's going to be YouTube. When you said that you want to expect, you're going to get to a billion monthlies, is that more channels on YouTube essentially? Or is that across different different platforms? When I say that number, I mean YouTube specifically. Just YouTube. And you just recently launched an, a, a new channel, right? Yeah. Can you talk yeah, about that's that? that's our baby channel. Yeah, talk about going from your initial channel and the growth of your secondary channel. The second channel is like very, very focused on only anime. That's the, that's the kind of the segregation method there. The, the primary channel is like swords. The second channel is anime. We launched it like 45 days ago or so. Um, the strategy like we use is basically like really good content. <laughs> like that's, to summarize it, like people overthink this. Like if you make things people want to watch, YouTube will push it. Yep. That's that's it. That's like it. if you're not if your stuff's not getting pushed out, it's because you're making bad content. Um, and I I don't think people always want to hear that, but that's the truth. But yeah, so the strategy is basically two short form videos a day, one long form video a week. The reason why we do the long form videos and short form videos combined is because by using the entire platform to its full potential, the platform loves us basically um, and pushes us more aggressively. We also do community posts slightly. Um, growth has been okay. It's like growing at 500 subs a day, but it hasn't really exploded yet. And based on what we know, it's going to take like 90 days. We just have to be patient, but it's at 25K subs. Uh, 45 days, which isn't bad. And is there anything, do you get a halo effect from your previous channel? Are you telling people, hey, if you're over here, if you like anime, we started this new channel? We didn't do that, no. And the, the reason is, is because as somebody who's a media buyer, which I'm sure a lot of the people listening to this are, it's healthy to think about like your following or sub count on these platforms as a lookalike audience that the platform is building for you. What I mean by that is like your subs on YouTube are the people most likely to love your content. YouTube is going to try to show that to other people, like your sub count. Uh, same with TikTok. So by polluting that sub count with people that might not be interested in the specific type of content you're going for, you ultimately just you know not doing yourself good in the long run. That's also why like buying bots is a terrible idea. Yeah, I saw someone posting about that the other day, even on on other social planners that there's still or channels that there still are brands that are buying followers across channels. I'm like, who does that? I, if if you want social proof, fine, but like it's you're never going to get any organic reach because. You just ruin your lookalike. One hundred percent. So, what are you doing for Black? So, this is this is Black Friday. This may, this isn't going to get out on, on Black Friday, but this is this is the big week. So, first of all, thanks for taking the time. What does Black Friday Cyber Monday look like for your business? So, um, everyone has a lot of opinions on this. Um, we opted for no pre sales, no early sales whatsoever. You know, we get so much attention, we don't need to fight for it. We've had like the last seven days have been record breaking for us, and. Um, I just think like it's because people know, like every email we send is now like at the bottom, it's like, we don't have enough. And, it, and that's true. Like we have constant, constant sellouts, limited drops. So people know we're not playing around. And I think, you know, based on the chatter I'm seeing for customer base, because we do have like a discord, I, I monitor that on twi Twitter. People are just like really paranoid about being sold out of stuff on Black Friday. So they're just going to buy everything beforehand. For Black Friday itself, I'm not discounting. We're just going to like be doing bundles and gifting to push AOV up. 
Nice. And it's, and it's working so far. You're already raising sales just based on scarcity uh, heading into the season. Yeah, just focusing and nailing down that scarcity. Like, I think that works for a brand if you actually have scarcity built in. And, like, it's not BS, right? Like, your customers know it they, from experience that they'll deal with that. Um, and everyone who knows Mini Katana has seen that we run out of whatever they're looking for over and over again. Question on the anime channel. Is it producing sales at around the same clip? We don't track we don't track attribution like that. Oh, interesting. Internally, like we kind of joke, we're like, you know, our attribution method is last five attribution, right? That's because like we really don't track it. We yeah. we gave up. Like it's not possible. Uh, the only thing we can use is a post purchase survey. And the fact I don't know. I I assume on your anime channel, like I've seen some of your swords that are more fantasy based, right? Versus like the more traditional looking ones. Like, are you probably going to sell more? Of, you might see an increase in sales of the more you know, anime-based swords from the anime channel? Probably. Well, look, what it ultimately comes down to is, like, we we like that we sell the swords, but, like, we know that, like, as the average person across, like, YouTube, TikTok, and Instagram is seeing us three times a day. Like It's, like, 3.2, actually. Like, our average subscriber. That was, like, data that we got from surveying. That's, like, serious, like, attention that we own. Like we own a full minute, two minutes of somebody's day on average. And that's across like 10 million, 15 million people. Like that's what we're going for. Like the sales are really secondary to that. We're not trying to optimize for sales. Our outcome is more attention. In the circle of manliness. <laughs> yeah. I love that expression. It's, it's, it's awesome to embrace it. Um, and that's how you're thinking about it. You're thinking about this. It's a full out media company. It's a media, it's a fledgling media conglomerate with sky's the limit. Yeah, um, the best case study for what we're trying to emulate is Red Bull. That's point blank. Like their uh, spend is like thirty percent of revenue on advertising compared to like Coca Cola's seven percent or six percent or or whatever. Um, that's because the way they differentiate themselves is marketing and content. They spent seventy million dollars on a marketing event to send a man on the highest like skydive ever, and like everyone called them crazy for it. But like the value they got from that event. With like free ad space, you know, everyone talking about it. Like that's true ownership of attention. Forget what I do for a second. Like if you can get past YouTube to the point where people are talking about it at the dinner table, like wow. And I say fledgling, but you're getting more attention than like CNN, you know, and like Fox or, you know, you're getting just huge amounts of people's attention dripped in. And the short, shorts is just such a powerful invention, basically. So what, what percentage of your attention is in shorts versus longer form videos would you say on YouTube? Like 99%. Is shorts right now. Yeah. Just it's, it's because it's a blue ocean. Yeah. Yeah. And the moment I realized it, like earlier this year, I was just like, okay, we're going all in. We're going to get the sub count up before, it's too, before this runs out. Because it is, you know, three-year opportunity. Every, like, you know, you've been, you were, you've been around for a while, right? You saw when Facebook ads were cheap. You saw when, like, you know, Facebook groups were a good hack. Like, every few years there comes, like, this way to get really cheap or free attention, Right now, shorts are the method. It's just like, I say that, but it's also not easy, right? Because it's not like ads. Like, it's, you can't pay for it. It's very earned attention via, you know, good content, which is not something everyone can pull off. I, I love that your story is that you exhausted every paid opportunity because as an entrepreneur, though, you want to be able to just hit those buttons. You want to be able to hit the scale buttons uh, on these different ad platforms. But then you, I feel like you applied that performance marketer's mindset to how you create content in a lot of ways. When you just talked about like how you got good at making content, I bet a lot of that came from having that kind of mindset before. 
Yeah, and I think Mr. Beast thinks like not to draw conclusion parallels, but like that's the way he thinks too. Like a performance marketer, he just applies that to YouTube. The problem with like YouTube though for people from DTC is that you know it's it requires like a lot of patience. Like you're not going to figure out what works for maybe months. The reason why YouTube worked so fast for us is because we we knew what we were doing immediately, uh, and I also like saved up a ton of stuff to launch our primary YouTube channel. How big is this thing going to get? Uh, I think so. Last year we did 2.5. This year we're en route to do like 8.5 or 9. You know, and that's with heavy reinvestment in content. Like our our margins are really nice. I think we can reach 100 million. It's just going to take like product category expansion, basically. Yeah, like energy drinks. I could see you guys in. You know, you just take on Red Bull <laughs> straight on. <laughs> I'm not. Energy drinks are like, how do you ship uh, liquid? Right. I guess ask Liquid Death, but like that's yeah. hard. <laughs> ask Liquid Death. That's hard. You guys are you're, you could. You could totally be there. Can you give me any previews? Like, how are you thinking about product expansion? Um, so right now, our next big category is probably pens. They're called samurai pens. So basically, everyone who buys our swords is like a gamer. Um, and like, we start with them. 87% of them are buying it for decoration. So like, that gives you a hint of what we're working on. It's basically like highly decorative pens. We're releasing like a limited edition rug as a test. Uh, just highly decorative kind of accessories. What would be any big partnerships? Like if you could pick a partnership that would be like your, like for me, it's like getting Ryan Reynolds on the podcast. If I get Ryan Reynolds on the podcast, that's what would be like my, my big get. What would be like a big partnership get for you guys? Or do you even think about that or care about that with your audience you already have? We don't think about that. We don't think about that. Keanu. What about um, Keanu? If you could get Keanu with some of your swords, that'd be probably pretty cool, right? That would be cool. But, I, you know, we've like tested a lot of like influencer stuff and other things like we get so much attention, it's just, it's usually ineffective. They're usually getting more out of the relationship than us, which is fine. Like, sometimes that works, but it's just, I, I feel like a lot of influencer marketing is just like because you don't have a lot of attention as a brand and you're trying to get some of that. And then when you think about content, besides product expansion, when you think about content expansion, are you thinking like, are you thinking about bigger budget things or are you thinking about just more of the same stuff that's already working? Oh, no, we're definitely moving a bigger budget. So, to go more to death with the content, it, it, like the structure is pretty complex, but basically we have like the creative team doing the heavy hitter stuff, uh, and that's 100 million views, 50 million views, 30 million views, and then we have what's called the, like the content farm internally, and that's like, like you've probably seen it, but it's the more like rehashed clips with a lot of the B-roll footage going on. We can make like a thousand of those videos a month, and like that's built for scale, but the content team like does a really high quality stuff. And the goal is like with this structure is like to expand into a ton of different niches. So like, again, like automotive gaming, but again, that's, that's going to take like a content creator to lead each charge, but like the content farm supports that. Um, the other big opportunity for us is still translation piece. So like English is a very small language compared to like Hindi or even like Mandarin. If you want to go for an extreme example of a, a spoken language, there's also, and this is big, there's a huge deficit of good content in other markets. It's not as competitive as English. Uh, so if you're doing like Spanish content, you're gonna get more views just because there's such a deficit of good content. Um, so that's like, that's why I'm so confident that we can hit a billion a month because like the translations alone will do it. Yeah, just massive. Um, are you using AI in your business in any way yet? Yes. How? Um, script. So we need to pump out a ton of ideas and uh, especially for like the content farm, 
And one of the things we've begun doing is using copy.ai. I'm not sponsored in any way, uh, but using copy.ai to kind of just generate script ideas. And it works pretty well, it creates outlines for us and it helps our writers. Super interesting. Um, if I were to give you $50,000 um, as like a grant that you'd have to, I guess, you'd have to use it for growth in, the, in Q4, how would, you, how would you deploy those extra funds? I would probably invest it into our studio. Yeah, I'd probably invest it into our studio. Into the high end, not the content farm, the, the yeah, creator studio. Yeah. Well, so we're getting like a big studio in Alabama. It's cheap over there. Um, and we have a creator over there too. And, uh, you know, we're going to try to like really make that big and nice and build out some sets and go for bigger stuff. To be clear, like it's easier to get views with shorts, but the long form stuff is where you build a super high affinity. And that's what we want to eventually get the best at. What is the format of your longest format video so far? Like they're sort of, are they five, 10 minute walkthroughs? Yeah. Um, usually educational or like a challenge. About how the swords are made, how to use the swords kind of yeah, thing? Yeah. Or like um, for the anime stuff, it's actually pretty easy. It's just like uh, the top five most powerful characters or whatever. Right. Um, for the swords, it's usually something stupid like can a katana cut down a tree? Or a blade of or like, silk. Yeah, yeah, and it's like a five-minute, ten-minute challenge video. We did one recent video that was like a fight between two fictional characters with our swords. Um, it's doing pretty well. Are you are you uh, decent with a sword? Uh no. <laughs> it's not a skill you've uh, you've you've. No, okay. Fair I have enough. not mastered the blade. Nice. Um, well, this has been awesome. Thanks for coming on here. Uh, I see on I, like you're quite a, a, a character on Twitter. I love your takes on Twitter. So you gotta go and follow uh, at the Isaac Med. Uh, we'll link it in the in the show notes. Thanks for coming on the podcast. Today. This was awesome. Yeah, thank you for having me. Thanks so much for listening to today's episode. If you're not a subscriber to our newsletter, you can do that right now at directtoconsumer all one word dot co. I'm Eric Dick, and this has been the D2C Podcast. We'll see you next time.